This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of the Steelers Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am here with veteran writer Tony Defio and veteran writer Shannon White, both becoming veteran podcasters as well. <laughs> Gentlemen, what is going on? Tony. Oh, I'm, I was digging that music. That's some pretty, uh, pretty cool music. I'm all jazzed up. Jerry yeah, Cherry Band, worst yeah, looking guy, man, and that guy's going places. Yeah, I, I'm a you know I'm a big JCB fan, and that song is called "The Worst Looking Man." But the uh, chorus is, "I'm not the worst looking man that you've ever seen." <laughs> I I think I use that for prom proposals, and actually the proposal <laughs> to my wife, Shannon. What's going on, my man? <laughs> Will you call me and Tony veteran writers? And adventure podcasters, I, I thought you said, well, we are old, so yeah. that, that makes sense. We're veterans. <laughs> I see where you're going here, and we're veterans of being disappointed. And this is definitely a day of disappointment today, but it's going to be short-lived disappointment, hopefully, because the Steelers play again coming up on Thursday night. In Cleveland against the Browns, the Browns had a bad loss yesterday. Here in Steeler Nation, we feel like the Steelers had a horrible loss. But when you look at the division, the Steelers had the, uh, I would take that loss over the losses that those other teams in the division took because 
The Baltimore Ravens had a 35 to 14 lead. The Browns had a 13 point lead with two minutes to go against the New York Jets. And then the Cincinnati Bengals against Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush in Dallas came back from 17 nothing down and lost that game in the final seconds. Gentlemen, I know you don't want to take any loss, but the Steelers was less demoralizing. Would you agree, Tony Defio? I mean, it was less demoralizing. I mean, to lose the way those other teams did. I mean, it had to be a gut punch this early in the year. But, you know, but the Steelers, their loss was the same kind of loss and and win. Every It's the same kind of everything we've been seeing from this team for two years. So, I mean, it's le- less demoralizing, but it doesn't give me any hope that things are going to change anytime soon. That's the only problem. Whoa, okay. So that is a bold statement. That is your Vinny Vega statement of the day so far. We're going to have more of them. Shannon White, how about you? Demoralizing or just what happened to us? Who cares about the outside? Well, I have to mention that not only did the Browns lose, but it was they lost to Joe Flacco. Unibrow himself. Burt of Burt and Ernie. He, he, <laughs> he was like the undertaker. He rose up off of the mat and led the, the Jets to victory. It was, it was unbelievable guys. It was, it was like a throwback to eight years ago. And, yeah. um, but no, the, the Steelers, if you look at how these, uh, the other teams in the divisions are losing, um, like Baltimore, it's called defense. Try it sometime. I mean, that was unbelievable. They was just guys wide open. I think the Dolphins had what six hundred yards offense. It was yeah, crazy. Six right. touchdowns, and you know, and um, so the the Bengals still look like a mess against the Cowboys, and um, you know the Browns. Like I said, we know what happened there. So I think the Steelers have the makings of some hope. But tough decisions are going to have to be made, and and I'm sure we're going to discuss that moving forward. Yeah, we definitely are, and we're going to be discussing that on all of the BTSC podcast and on the editorial side as well as we lead up to the game on Thursday. So make sure you check everything out. There is a programming note. I'm going to go ahead and throw that in now. The Scobro Show will be on this evening, so you're getting a double double dip of YouTube, <gasps> and so... Uh, mm-hmm. The brothers Sco, Rich, and Dave will be on. There was also today the Mike Tomlin press conference recap with Dave Schofield. That is wherever you download your favorite BTSC podcast. No, wait, let me take that out. That's wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Whether it is anything, if it's something about movies, it's something about bluegrass music, if it's how to lose weight, or if it's the Steelers, that's where you're going to find it, and you're going to find it there now great shows are ready today we had the winners and losers edition of let's ride with jeff hartman we had my show bad language where i did a little bit of a new format and you guys will be interested in this to know that you guys were mentioned on the show as well tony you got the score right but the wrong teams yeah, well, yeah. Well, I figured it'd be that kind of a game. I, I not the score I, I hoped for, but it was. I figured it'd be that exactly that kind of game, and and they weren't. They didn't disappoint. <laughs> and Dave Schofield got the right teams and the right score. 
He had Patriots 17, Steelers 14. I'm going to be doing that every week, highlighting the staff picks on the second part of Bad Language. I'm also going to be talking about my bold and bizarre predictions. The preview, we have on the preview over and under every Thursday. But the preview this week, part of our programming note, is going to be on Tuesday evening. Know Your Enemy will be on Wednesday in its usual spot. And then Thursday night for the post-game show, it's not going to be the trio that you're used to. It is going to be what Ian's talking about live with Greg Benevent and Kyle Kreiss as they go ahead and do the post-game show. It is going to be, uh, it's going to be unique. You're still going to have the uh, makings of a regular Pre, uh, excuse me, a regular post game show, but it's going to be in their own style. So uh, have fun with that, and hopefully they have a win to be talking about. With the with them being on the West Coast, it's a lot easier for those guys to be our West Coast team this year, our PM team, our late night team. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So gentlemen, let's get into it. You saw the the title changes. They're not easy to execute. It's easier to say that you need to do it. And we're also, uh, we're also looking right now. We're looking, I'm guys, I'm going to not even look at the live chat. I'm going to tell you now, I'm I'm not going to look at the live chat. If you see a super chat, fellas, tell me because I love you guys, but my gosh, we're really knee jerk today. And I'm just going to say this. I went on record yesterday saying that yesterday was the quarterback problem. That's my, that's my personal opinion. I said that on bad language again today. I thought it was more of that. It seems if we took a poll that everybody would want to take out Matt Canada first. Hey, that's, I love it. That's your opinion. That's fine. Now I'm seeing one of my great friends on here, a guy that I love, Michael Malley wants to cut Gunner already. Don't cut Gunner. Are you going to get divorced after your first fight? <laughs> That's a question. Shannon, you've been married eight, 80 years, right? A little less. Okay. 30. Yeah. So after the first fight, have you had a fight with your wife in those 30 years? Uh, well, one I won or just, <laughs> 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 no, but, but you know, yeah, you're going to have disagreements. That's inevitable. Yes. Yeah, all right. You know, so here's the deal. Gunner did, Gunner screwed up. What Gunner's responsibility is, and Mike Tomlin talked about that today, what Gunner's responsibility was, was to, he didn't say this, but he was supposed to call the fair catch. He was also supposed to pick up the fact that the Steelers did not have 11 men on the field. That's why you always see him doing this. That's why you always yeah. see the punt returners doing this every, every punt return. So... So that's, that's the thing, but there was not 10 guys on the field. He, uh, I mean, there was 10 guys on the field. So schooler, was that his name? Schooler? Brendan Schooler. Yeah. Schooler. They came down, I mean, completely untouched. And so he called the fair catch. He needs to back up for that fair catch. You know, he definitely has to, it bounces off your face mask. You've got to look, I mean, He's looking in the wrong direction. He screwed up. But I think there's a lot more to Gunner's game than just one mistake. 
So I'm not going to fire him after one mistake. But <laughs> Brian Brown says you can get divorced after your first fight. Oh, man, missed opportunities. Don't tell my wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a lot of people. And Michael says, hey, I'm also done with Tomlin. He's done with a lot of people today. And I, I get it. And you're going to find that you guys aren't alone. Um, Timothy James O'Connell says Gunner's fumble was a significant play, but guys, we had two chances off on offense to come back and score and we couldn't get a first down. That's Timothy. That's kind of, you're in my camp. You're one of the few people in my camp because I'm going to tell you right now, they made the score 17 to 14. It was 17 to six after the Gunner screw up made it 17 to 14 and could not do a thing in an entire quarter. And the problem with that is you only have, you have two, three and outs and you can't do anything. I thought there were open receivers, but now it looks like these players are more on Mitch Trubisky's side because of everything they said. Now, did you see the comments from Mitch and the players? Oh, yeah. So let's go ahead and take a look at these. Deontay Johnson, we have to call the right plays to get down the get down the excuse me, get down the field in the right ways. Chase Claypool, we can only do what they tell us to do and execute it. Mitch Trubisky, call concepts to get receivers there. I mean there's any way you, you can't you can't say it any more clear than that they're blaming the receivers me darwin nolan agrees with me mitch missed open wide receivers i mean Shannon, let me ask you this you remember another number 10 and tony i know you do too cordell stewart mm -hmm. and i'm actually going to compare Mitch Trubisky to Cordell Stewart in this aspect. You know, mobile, that's one thing. But it seems like Mitch Trubisky, one of his flaws, besides throwing off his back foot a lot, one of his main flaws, though, is no peripheral vision as far as looking down the field. It seems like he knows that he's throwing to this first option, and there's no other options in his mind. Hell or high water, he's thrown it to that guy without looking other places down the field. So my question to you is, is that right on? Yeah, I think that's what we're saying. Um, he's shown that in, in Chicago because he didn't really get to play at Buffalo. But we hoped that he had got past that, you know, with, with more experience. And But that's part of the whole process of the it factor for a quarterback is, you know, there's only so many guys that have the, the arm talent to play at the NFL level and then have the, the height and have the other mobility factors that you need now. But then you have the above the neck, which is the ability to pre make pre reads, uh, pre snaps, RPOs, progressions. It, there's so much information that has to be processed and acted upon. It's such a short minute amount of time. And, he struggles with that. He likes to have clear sight lines. He doesn't anticipate and throw guys over. He has to have a, a clear sight line. That's why it's good to move him 
around the field, roll the pocket or whatever. Because if he has that straight sideline, he has a good arm. And, you know, and he makes some good throws. Because he has a good arm, as you said earlier, he likes to throw off that back foot, which gets gets him in trouble because that hurts his accuracy. Um, there's so many things going on right now. I thought a lot of the, the, the complaining and the little tidbits of information we were getting from the receivers was that they were blaming the play calling is the way I read it. That they're not calling plays to get open in that second level, to get the ball over and behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. Um, they're not working the same. They're not doing play action. I mean, all I heard about was Tomlin got to be able to take snaps under center. You got to have mobility so that you could do play action. Where's the play action? If y'all seeing it, I don't. Where's the design quarterback runs, keepers? You know, Trubisky can run. If he would do that, it slows down the pass rush. It, it, it causes hesitation all the way around which will help the offensive line. It'll help a struggling Trubisky, but we're not seeing it. It's just not being called. So I think it's impossible to blame Trubisky without blaming Canada and vice versa. And then that's what's going to top off everything is you have to blame Tomlin because he's the man in charge. This is his baby. You know, he takes, he, the buck stops with him. And, and I love Tomlin, but he says, I'm not going to live in my fears. But by playing Trubisky, I think he's living in his fears. And he's going to be faced with some tough decisions coming up. And I believe he'll make the right ones. But this ain't going to get fixed anytime soon. All right, Shannon. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you two. Then I'm going to go to Tony because I want to get his opinion on this too. Now, first and foremost, did you listen to the Mike Tomlin press conference today or Dave Schofield's wrap-up of it? I got. I caught just a little bit of it. Okay, so he is definitely not making a change this week. Yeah, yeah. Not and, so late now. And would you agree to this, though, that you're not going to make a, ch- a change with a Sunday game than a Thursday game? No, oh, no. Probably, probably you wait. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So my first question to you is, if he makes a change, when do you think it's going to be? Jets game? After the bye? Never or injury? Well, I know he hopes he doesn't have to. You know, if, if Trubisky and Canada can get on the same page and improve, there's no reason. Because the offensive line, nobody's noticing, but they are playing better. You know, each game they're playing a little better. I mean, they're not a finished product, but they played better yesterday than they did against the Bengals. So I see some bad offensive line play yesterday. The Steelers did not have the worst offensive line yesterday. And it's been a while since I could say that. But, uh, no, I think that if, if if things doesn't change, they'll wait till after the bye week. Okay. All right. So you think he's – I think it won't be in against the Jets if this is a horrible week. Mm-mm. All right. So my next question to you is it sounds like if you're going to go ahead and rank the blame – it sounds like Trubisky's last, and you've got Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada first. But I'm going to go ahead and exclude Tomlin from that, not because I'm protecting him, because I want to see whether the problem is the scheme or the quarterback. So it sounds like you're saying it's the scheme and it's Matt Canada. Listen to the players. That's all we can really do. 
is listen to the players because you know the coaches are going to give you coach speak, but the players they'll give you little hints of what they really think. And I took all those comments that they're not happy with this play calling. And I've heard some people say that they that some of the players were receivers were and offensive linemen is like, hey, we believe in Mitch, but I'm not hearing nobody say, hey, I believe in Canada's play calling. It's leaving something to be desired. And I think that the players are telling us what they really think. All right. So, Tony, who's your blame with? I mean, it, it's with it's with Tomlin and Canada, mainly because, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think uh, Trubisky is, is free of blame either. I don't think he's played really, he has played well at all. But it, it's with Canada and, and Tomlin because you, you've seen the same kind of offense dating back to 2020 and and it's it's not aggressive it, it's so it's so conservative and i keep hearing about well you have to take you know the defense is taking this way the defense is taking that away well, well no defensive scheme nor any offensive scheme is, is infallible throughout the history of the nfl everybody always figures out a way eventually to to attack the other side so all the you know two years now and, and they're trying the same things over and over again knowing it doesn't work and Charles Davis said it perfectly on, on Sunday. You don't necessarily have to take what the defense gives you. The defense isn't going to give you touchdowns. The defense wants you to take those uh, two-yard passes and, and the little outlet passes that are running back. The defense wants want you to go, you know, five yards to the sideline. And, and, you know, Deontay Johnson and Claypool and these guys, they're, they're doing everything in their power just to make uh, fantastic sideline catches half the time. The defense wants you to do those kind of things. You have to – you have to – try to attack the defense and, and with your strength. And I don't know what their strength is anymore. It's been two years. I have no idea what this offense does well. We think Frymuth is good, but but I don't know. We Deontay Johnson, we, we spent all summer arguing whether or not he, he deserves to be 20, a $20 million a year receiver. And and I don't know if they're getting the, the best out of him over these four years. Claypool was great two years ago. He suddenly stopped being a great weapon. I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I think it's, I think it's, it's the coaches and, and, and Tomlin wants to play this conservative style. He wants to, to rely on the defense. Well, the defense in 2022 can only do so much in, 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 in this era. You, you need to be able to attack uh, the opposing defenses. I'm not – apparently, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to foot X's and O's. There's got to be a way to attack and answer what, this, what these defenses are doing because it's not just New England. It's every defense in the league. Has is using the same game plan against Pittsburgh's offense, and it's working. The Lions did it. It was Mason, but still, the Lions did it. Uh, Washington two years ago. Uh, everybody, the Browns, everybody has figured out a way to stop them, and and they're not doing anything to change it. You, you you invested all these premium picks in these skill position players, and you're asking them to be you're neutering them with your game plan. It just doesn't make any sense. And I better stop now, or I'm going to keep going for 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. Tyler W <laughs> gives us $5 and he says defense equals Tomlin plus Flores plus Austin offense equals Canada. Why no brain trust over there? Huh? Ben compensated for Tomlin's over caution. In my opinion, a uh, great comment, Tyler W. Thanks for the $5 in the tip jar. We definitely appreciate that as well. You know, lots of you, most of you have great comments, and we cannot get to every single one of them. But if you do put it in the tip jar, I we got accused of that yesterday by only taking the ones on the preview yesterday. Um, if you pay us, hey, there's so many of them. And when you have 493 in the live chat and most of you commenting, we're not going to be able to get all the 
get all your musings. So that's kind of the way we do it that way. So with that being said, Tony, I thought that was a great rant. Nap1963, my buddy from uh, J-Town, says the same thing. Great rant. I love that rant, Tony. So there you go. Tony, we need more rants from you. That's uh, well, that, that's really good. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. And this is has to do with the defense. I mean, you, you're, you're a team now that supposedly you, you have to rely on your defense. So, like, another thing that's, that's been bugging me the last 24 hours or so is like, oh, well, the defense did enough to win. Well, no, it didn't do enough to win because, you know, yeah. Sutton didn't get that pick. Uh, uh, and, and at the end of the game, uh, and, and Witherspoon didn't make a play on that 50-50 ball. And, and, and at the end of the game, you, you allowed them to, to run the ball down your throat with six and a half minutes and run the clock out. And, yeah, the offense deserves more of the blame. But if you're going to play this style where, where you need to rely on your defense, even without T.J. Watt, well, those plays are going to be magnified, and you have to make them. And you, you're not going to make them all, but you have to make some of them. And they didn't make any of them. The, the, the Patriots made made the plays, the key plays, and the Steelers didn't, even on defense. I mean, it's just it's just it is how it is. If you want, if you want to say your defense is your strength, when a defense deserves culpability, even when it only gives up 17 points, you need Cam Sutton to catch that ball. Right. You need. As Mike Tomlin said, you need a Kello Witherspoon to play above eye level. You need your punt returner, Gunner O, mm-hmm. to count the guys on the field. You need Miles Boykin to be on the field. You know, you can't have 10 men. That's also, I'm sorry, that's a Danny Smith Jr. problem too. That's coaching. Mm-hmm. And you need all of that. But you need to be on the field more than two minutes and 40 seconds in the fourth quarter. And (laughs) you need your quarterback to do something a little bit more than two, three and outs in the last quarter. So there's a lot of problems here. So let's ask this question. I, I can't get off this whole Canada versus Mitch thing (laughs) because what if Josh Allen was your quarterback? No Mitch Trubisky. Everything else is the same. Josh Allen's your quarterback. Will he do a little bit more with this offense? Will he do more with this offense, or is he just as handcuffed? Want me to answer? Yep, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if if Canada isn't smart enough to, or Mike Tomlin smart enough to uh, to utilize a talent like Josh Allen, then they deserve to be gone tomorrow as coaches. So yeah, I think they would they would have to take the handcuffs off of, off of Josh Allen. He's a proven commodity. So you're saying Mitch is handcuffed? I'm saying they don't trust him. I don't think they trust him. I don't think they trust, and he's not giving. And, and and I guess in their defense, when you see Trubisky missing some of these, you know, like he had uh, Pickens in the flat, and he, and he decided to, to, to go for uh, Johnson, who was double covered, kind of. Uh, and when you see him throwing off his off the wrong foot in his back foot all the time, it, it, you know. They don't trust him, but I, you know, I think they would have to trust a guy like Josh Allen. How could you not? Okay, Shannon. Um, I think that's a quarterback problem because I'm even thinking that Mason Rudolph does a better job in this situation. Your thoughts? Well, playing the offense that they're playing right now, um, Rudolph has plenty of mobility. To, uh, I think he's he's actually. Uh, would is a more accurate passer, and he has better anticipation. Uh, 
than than Trubisky. They're not using Trubisky for what we all thought they were going to do with him. They're, they're not doing that, and I agree with Tony that they're not showing faith in him. When you tell a guy, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball mm-hmm. over, don't turn the ball over, what's he thinking when he gets out there? Well, this is a safe throw. I think I can make it. You know, he's hesitating. If you'll watch him, he's a half second late on everything. The passes are coming out late. It's because he's overthinking. He's not playing natural and confident. And I believe that's because that he's it's being stressed to him. Protect the ball, protect the ball. Don't turn it over. And, it, you know, that just doesn't work in today's NFL. All right. So it sounds like what you're saying is if Kenny Pickett was in there, they would be handcuffing him and he would have the same problems because they wouldn't be trusting him to play his game. Shannon? No, and I don't agree with that. That's not what I'm saying. Pickett, he's a different quarterback than Trubisky and that he is really, really good at pre-snap reads and and anticipation, throwing the receiver open, uh, putting touch on that ball. If you see, look at his statistics, his last year at Pitt, he dominated across the middle of the field, especially into that, that middle zone. And, and down the seams. I mean, that was his bread and butter. He, Trubisky has the arm, and he tries to make a lot of the throws being made last year to the sidelines. You know, where he's he's got that one-on-one matchup, and he feels like, you know, again, Johnson gets good separation, and that's where he's looking to throw. If you even look at the preseason, I know that's vanilla, but Pickett was anticipating throwing over and, and leading Fryermuth open. And they had a good connection. And he had he made some other good throws to uh the one receiver that ain't with the stores anymore. I can't think of his name now. But they had developed a connection because Pickett is quicker in his processing, his anticipation, and he and he throws with really good touch on the ball. These are all things that Trubisky struggles to do. So it might be a totally different offense and it might look completely different with Pickett in there. But now is not time to do it on a short week going into Cleveland. All right. Yeah, I get that. But the week after that, you've got a 10-day layoff. Who should be the quarterback, Shannon? I I said I think they'll stick with uh, Trubisky until the bye week. But if he comes out and does another stinker against the Browns and they lose, it would not shock me to see Pickett in there that week four. All right, yeah, but I want to know from your heart, who do you want in the Cleveland game? Who do you want to see trot out there? Not what's best for the future. What? Who do you want to see at quarterback to win that game? Against Cleveland? Yeah. Again, the offense that they're running, we know what Trubisky can do with this offense, and it's not good. And I think that there is open guys, and he's and Trubisky's missing them. So I think the offense could be more effective with Pickett even this week. Okay. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. Tony, who do you want in this week? I want Trubisky in there this week only because only because I don't want them to put Pickett in on a short week's notice. I, I don't think that would be good for him. Okay. But, screw th- th- then let's go to the Jets game. Then. Yeah. If, 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 he, if it's another uh, crappy performance, uh, to go along with the 17 we saw mostly last year and then the second half of 2020, I, you know, you drafted the guy in the first round, give him 10 days at home against the Jets. 
and and, and put him in there with, with the home with, with the home the, the entire stadium behind him. That's what I would do. If it, if it's another uh, horrible performance by Trubisky in that offense, no matter who you want to blame, the, the coordinator, the coach, the quarterback, it's time to make a change. I said a month, three games, one 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 less. That's, that's to me. That's fine. That's fine because I didn't think this offense would be this predictable and this familiar to what we saw last year with Trubisky in there. Uh, I think it would be time to make a change in the Jets game. All right. Yeah. So the you know I'm with you. I so. We still don't have a good answer, though, and you guys aren't doing anything wrong. But what I'm saying is this is what's so confusing about this whole thing, because we want Pickett in there and we we all three of us agree that this is not the week to do it. You don't do it on a short week. You, you can't. You can't throw a guy like this to the wolves this week. You can't just say, let's throw him out there, see what happens. Mm hmm. You know, you basically need to see what's going to happen in this game with Mitch Trubisky. The problem is, if they win the game, you're not losing Trubisky. They, right. If there's a W, Mitch Trubisky goes nowhere. So in a weird way, you're almost rooting for Mitch Trubisky to fail this week so you could move on to Kenny Pickett. Am I doing that? No. I'm just rooting for whoever's in there to be great and then not have a reason to make a change. But right now there's a reason to make a change, but they're not going to do it, but it doesn't seem like they want to do it. And that's why people are angry with Tomlin. Tony, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's a great point because if they win this game 14 to 10, well, that's, that's what they want to do. They want to win games that way. And even though it's not sustainable in, in, in this era and it's certainly not going to work against teams like the Bills and, and more uh, prolific offenses. So if they win this game 14 to 10, it's going to play right into what Tomlin wants to do. And he's going to, you know, he said today on the press conference, we, we need patience. We need patience, can't panic, all that stuff. So it's just going to, it's just going <laughs> to, you're going to have, you're going to have the Jets coming up and that's going to be a game. If they, if they win this Cleveland game, it's going to be a game that everybody expects them to win at home. So they're not going to make any changes. So yeah, if, if they win this game ugly again, like they've been winning a lot of games lately, then it's just going to, nothing's going to change. So yeah, it's almost like you want Trubisky to fail and then to lose just so they can make a change, which is, is weird. But that's just, that's where we're at right now. $5 from Snoopy McQueen. Belichick, worst team. Coach T still cannot beat him. Tomlin got to go. Number two played out number 10, played outplayed number 10 should be the starter. Snoopy. Thanks for the $5. I, I hear what you're saying. You know, there's there's three different camps here. Tomlin, Canada, Trubisky. And there's different people going to be blaming different guys. You know, the uh, the name of my show this morning for bad language was, it was uh, choose your own Steeler scapegoat. And that's kind of what we're still doing. Um you know, and that's fine. You're going to blame somebody. You can blame them as a collective. Let's go to the defense real quick. Because we're never going to have an answer mm -hmm. on this side. Let's go to the defense. Shannon made a very good point that you still have to make those stops, even whether you're even though you're gassed at the end. But my question to you is was that defense good enough most of that game? And just down the stretch, they did not get it done. 
and the offense put them in a bad position. Shannon. Much two weeks in a row. The the defense is going to wear down. Uh, you know, last week they rotated so many players in. They were using everybody because of how hot it was and and everything. Well, they were they're, they're down their best defensive player. Obviously, their best player. Easily, bar none. This team is totally different when TJ Watt is not out there. I mean, Cam Hayward, I consider the second best defensive tackle in the football. And he was visible yesterday. Uh, Alex Highsmith is, is showed that he is taking a step forward in his game and had a great game with TJ in there. Without TJ, now understand the Patriots have a good pass blocking line. They are very fundamentally sound and they're talented. But that they got no pressure mm-hmm. on Matt Jones. They was times he was sitting back there just, you know, patting the ball, waiting for somebody to come open. That's not Steeler football, but that's what the Steeler defense looks like without T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is unblockable. He gets instant penetration and causes all kind of chaos, and then the other guys mop up. They get their place. They're good complementary players. Bud Dupree was a good complementary player to T.J. Watt. Juju Smith-Schuster was a good complementary number two to Antonio Brown. But when you take away the stud, the, the guy who carries everything, you see what happens. The, the the run defense was, you know, up to stuff. They did good enough to win that game. But they could not generate pass rush. But they did have opportunities to get some turnovers. If Lee Witherspoon could have knocked that ball down. First and foremost, you do not allow the reception. Knock it away if you have to. But he tried to intercept it and ended up doing neither. So, the defense without T.J. Watt is going to be solid, but they're no longer spectacular. And I thought that they they played a solid enough game, but the offense has got to help them, and the offense is just not. They are leaving them on an island, yeah. Tony. I think I think people tend to look at the big picture more with with the defense. I think they feel like there's a there's a magical number that if the defense only allows that, that those many points, then well, it did enough to win. But the offense, I mean, if an offense scores 40 points, but they but they maybe have a turnover or or um, have a bad play call at a certain point in the game, we talk situationally. With the defense, it's um, it's while well, they only give up 17 points, so they so they should have won. Well, I mean, to me, they didn't they didn't finish off the game in that those last six and seven. And again, I'm I'm blaming the offense more, but the defense has a hand in this. And and you know, their calling card for the past five and a half years since the second half of 2016 is getting after the quarterback. And that was even before before TJ Watt was on uh, there, you know. So, you know, you, you generate no pass rush on on uh, on Max Jones. And yes, like Shannon said, they have a good uh, offensive line. But gosh, golly, you know, Cam Hayward's and he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Larry Ogajobi was brought in to be the next, you know, to be a, a dynamic player to take to its place. Alou is good. Alex Highsmith is a good young prospect. I mean, they have good pass rushers on this team. Not nearly as good as TJ Watt, but. This is what happens when, when 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 you lose that guy. I mean, this is Joe Green. This is losing Aaron Donald. I mean, th- th- this guy just makes such a huge difference. And when he's not in there, it, it makes a, the defense look different. But it's I think it's still even without TJ Watt, it's it, it's it's there's it's still a, a there's still enough players that you should be able to 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 generate a pass rush. And you should be you know when when the opportunity is there, you got to make you got to make some of those 
plays that can change the game. And, and they had a few opportunities yesterday, and they didn't take take advantage. Programming note tomorrow on The Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar, they are going to, uh, each one of them is going to take a unit. It's going to be how to fix the Steelers offense, how to fix the Steelers defense. Now, we're not going to step on their toes with that, but this is my ultimate question for the entire show, and it's this. What's easier to fix? And I'm not talking about the defense here. Is it easier to fix your play calling or is it easier to fix your quarterback? Tony? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I've seen the same thing so long. I'm, I'm inclined to say it's easier to, to, to uh, fix the quarterback. And if he has that special talent, even if, even if, it's, if, it, if it goes against the grain of, of what the, the, the play calling is, he can make some things happen. Um, because I don't think they're willing to, to, to change the, the play the play calling. So I think I think it's easier to, to fix the quarterback. You throw him in there, and hey, this guy's a this guy is a first round talent, and he can, he can make all the difference for you. We saw that with Ben in 04. Shin White, I uh, I'm gonna just come out, and uh, one of my best friends in the world is Tony Defio, but I'm gonna flat out say that I completely disagree with Tony. Are you in Camp Tony or Team Bad on that comment? Well, if you you're either changing everything for eleven guys, or you're changing it for one guy, and if if you can bring in Pickett and he makes that offense, even the way it's being called right now, look different by doing a better job of you know again RPOs and uh, you know designed runs and and you know making them pre-snap reads and them and them progressions then everything might look all different and that's only changing one player. So I have to agree with Tony. I think it'd be easier to change the quarterback. And then if you get the same thing out of two quarterbacks that are different styles, after what we've seen Ben have to go through last year, then you <laughs> definitely know that it's Matt Canada. All right. Here's my opinion. I disagree with both of you and I have no problem, but, I could be wrong and I have no problem when I, when I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong, but here's what I'm noticing in my head. Why can't you change up the scheme just a little bit? Why can't you go across the middle? You throw yeah. one time across the middle. That's a good question. And it gets intercept, <laughs> in, intercepted. If you change, you don't have to change the whole scheme. You just have to, like Tony said this at the beginning. They, when they're trying to take what they're given, why don't you not take what you're given, but go take it? And if you go across the middle, you have a guy that could be a top five tight end in this game or even higher in Pat Fryermere. You targeted him seven times. Why not target him 14? You can do that. We've seen it with Travis Kelsey. You can go across the middle. You have other guys you know who goes across the middle real well? Deontay Johnson does. Yeah. All those guys have that ability and you're not touching it. You saw the chart one time and it was picked. Mm -hmm. So my, my thing is that's not hard to do, but if your quarterback doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. So there's a lot of things that we've got to look at here that needs to change, but 
I don't know why everybody's saying it's easier to change your quarterback. Well, it might come back down to like, this is, this is what they want. This is, you know, Canada's running the kind of offense that they, that Tom wants him to run. So even if they did change the coordinator, how much would change? Like say they, they, they fired Canada tomorrow and, 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 and I don't know, promote it. It would be, they would promote somebody from within, I would guess. What, what makes anybody think that they would radically change the offense? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, you can't, guys. Uh, here, I girls. Got, I got let me say this question. real quick. Oh, go ahead, Chad. <laughs> All I was going to say is there was multiple times that George Pickens had one-on-one coverage on the outside. He got inside leverage, and he had an open lane there. And, I mean, we see what Pickens could do. Uh, contrary to Claypool, who struggles to high point the ball and contest the catches on the outside, that's Pickens' bread and butter. And it happened at least three times that if you go back and watch the film, that he had a shot and Trubisky's scared to pull that trigger. If you complete one or two of them in the game, it's a totally different ball game. So again, that could be, you know, it's going to be really hard to come in to bring in somebody new because I don't know who they would promote to offensive coordinator from the inside, uh, from inside the organization. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying changing the play call, calling. But this is who Matt Kennedy is. This is who he is everywhere he's ever been. He he's not all of a sudden going to become, you know, Bruce Arians or or Haley. This is who he is. If it doesn't work, he's useless. Hey, but it's not that hard, Shannon. You just throw it, guys. I mean, I'm not yelling at you, Shannon. All yeah, I'm saying, I'm right, it's yeah. not that hard. I, that's, that's, if the that's, middle's open, you're like, hmm. Why don't we take the middle? That's what's so frustrating about it. It's it's been two years and it's still the same. They won't do it. I don't get it. I just don't. You're in a war. If you're they in two combat, receivers run into each other yesterday. <laughs> guys, it's bad play calling. You shouldn't have two guys in the same area running into each other. But you could change it up. You just take a look at it and go, okay, this isn't working for us. I think I'm going to change something up. I do that as the podcast producer. I did it on my show last week. I'm like, bad language. It's lacking something. I'm going to change it up a little bit and go with some different stuff. And I thought it was a whole lot better. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. If I think the show is not working, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to change the format of it, or I'm going to fire Shannon and Tony. Or I'm going to say, you know what? You know who stinks the most? It's me, and I'm going to pull myself off and bring in Jeffrey Benedict. That's what I I'm going to do. do. That. No offense to him. So, you, you know what I mean? You've got to look at it. If you're in war, if you're in combat, are you just going to say, we're going to take what they give us, or we're going to go take them down? Okay, okay, here's the thing. You, okay, let's say it's Matt Canada and Mitch Trubisky. Okay, you have two backup quarterbacks. You have no backup offensive coordinator. Don't you think you try the backup quarterback option first? I'm not saying to fire Canada. I'm telling you, you can't fire Canada right now. But what you can do is say, hey, Matt, there's guys open over the middle. You need to adjust or you are going. That's all it takes. And if Matt says, well, I think it's going to work this way. No, it's not. Change it. That's that's what's so maddening about it is it, this has been going on for so long. You would think that I mean these guys 
supposedly are all smarter than we are as far as football IQ. Why can't they see that it's not working? And why do they keep trying the same thing? You know, the definition of insanity, blah, blah, blah. Why, why are they trying the same attack each and every week? That's why we can't figure out who to blame because they can't, they won't change anything. So we don't know what the real problem is other than they, it's the same offense since Halloween of 2020. Okay. Hey, this has come up a couple of times. Jersey boy, this is what we do. Why are fans crying about just two games? This is what we do because last year you lost the division by one game. This is what happens. I mean, you might not be familiar with Steeler fans if you don't know it. We grip about we were gripping about this in the preseason. And I'm usually the positive one, but last yesterday was a winnable game mm-hmm. and it was ugly. You've got the future of your quarterback. It's not they're not ready to put him in. I know they've got They've got a progression they're going through. But sometimes you've got to speed up that progression. You also you also got to look at the fact that this offense hasn't been working for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say you don't divorce your spouse after one fight, I'm saying that about Mitch Trubisky, but you start realizing and looking around and saying, hey, I might have to call a lawyer. <laughs> and I think they're in the I might have to call a lawyer phase with Mitch Trubisky. With, with Matt Canada, I think this system could work. I think, I think he's being. It's. I think it's not working because the the quarterback is not executing it. But I'm also saying that whole rant I just had is if you think it is the offensive coordinator and if you think it's the game plan, then you, you adapt. That's all you have to do. Yeah, we're gonna cry over two games. And here's the funny thing, Jersey boy. The Steelers won one of them. They're one and one. This We were crying as fans last week, and they were one and oh. That's what we do. Tony, am I, am I off base? You, no. you live right in Yenzer Central. No. I just, you listen to there's – a, there's a morning show that does Facebook comments after every uh, Steeler game, and whether, whether they win or lose, the people are outraged. But in the people's defense – this has been going on for so long that, you know, uh, like they're unwatchable. I mean, this is an unwatchable team, you know, right now. I, I made that statement last year after the, the first Chiefs game. People are like, oh, you're not a real fan. But my eyes work, you know, and, and, and I know what's entertaining and what isn't. And this, this offense has been unwatchable for so long. That's why we're crying after two games. It's not just about two games. This goes back a long time. It's a trend. And you, right now, <laughs> to further it, the Steelers are in a tie for first place in the division. That's even funnier to me. You know, I mean, they're one and one. They're in a tie with two others. But we are going to worry because sometimes I say it all the time, maybe just enjoy it. But I know what you guys want, and I know the truth. I know what I want. Don't like what I saw on the field. Tony's right. That was unwatchable. And the worst part about it was the fact that it didn't have to be. That game was winnable every second of that game until they could not get off the field. Dave Schofield looked at me and Jeff. I watched the game with those guys. Looked and said, they're not going to get back on the field again. And there was like eight minutes to go. Yep. Shannon, go ahead. Another little bit of evidence that this is maybe from the quarterback's perspective. Uh, You know, Trubisky is very mobile. 
And that's one of the things that attracted the Steelers to him. Two games in a row, he's got outside of the pocket where there is green grass in front of him. If he takes off immediately and he could get positive yardage, which is something that Steelers are desperately needing, <laughs> and he hesitates and he hesitates and he keeps running parallel and he ends up getting sacked in bounds or running out of bounds and losing yardage, which is the same as the sack. That, to me, for a mobile quarterback who's a veteran like him, tells me that he's not thinking. He's not, you know, hey, at least get rid of the ball. Don't lose yardage. He's not processing and thinking clearly. Those are, that's two games in a row he's done that. And that tells me a lot is with him. So I'm going to wrap this up, guys. We're going to get ready to get out of here. But I want one name answer. If you want to give a first name, that's fine. Who's the problem? Shannon White. Who's the bigger problem? Matt Canada? Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky. Tony? Trubisky. Bad. Trubisky. All right. With that being said, we are on our way out of here. Thank you so much. Let's have a better hangover next Monday. It's going to be a few days you know, past. It's going to be a few days past the game. We're going to have a lot more time to digest it, but we're definitely going to have opinions. So thank you so much. We cannot do these shows without you. You can disagree with us all you want. That's fine because that's your right as a fan. And I love it that you do. That's I have no problem with that. But we're also going to state our case too. And we can't have a good show without all of you. So thank you. And if you're in your car right now shaking your head because of this conversation is frustrating. I get it. I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated after two games. And that's the funny thing. We need you too as well. So thank you so much. Make sure you check out all the shows. Remember, some changes this week. Scobro's on tonight. The preview tomorrow. Everybody else in their usual spots. So check out from the cutting room floor. Check out the fix. Check out all these past shows too. With that being said, my name is Brian Anthony Davis for Tony Defio for Shannon White. Just when you think that you've got all the answers, Tony. We keep changing the questions. Shannon White, take me home. Woo! Woo is right. <laughs> <laughs>